Welcome to Transforming Lives with Michael Carter, pastor of The Life Church. The Life Church is a place where you'll enjoy interactive dynamic worship, prayer, and a very practical, down-to-earth yet spiritual message. Our service times are Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night reboot at 6.45 p.m. Visit us at mychurchlife.org or on Facebook. Just search My Church Life and look for The Life Church. Now, let's join Pastor Mike. All right, here we go. So I just want to talk today a little bit about God must be first in our lives. That's how we have to start off. God must be first. Turn over to Genesis chapter 1. This isn't even the scripture I'm going to, but I promise you I'm not going to, I uh, will not weary you <laughs> this morning. Uh, just Genesis chapter 1. I was just even looking at something this morning. And this message actually is something that we've talked about before. Uh, I've, I've given a version of this message before, but God laid it on my heart to start this year off with this again to remind you, okay? Um, take a look at Genesis chapter 1. You know it. Many of you know it uh, by heart. All right, beginning at verse 1, you know what the Bible says. It says, uh, in the beginning, by the way, I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. You may have a different version, the King James traditional, or you may have the NIV or the GNT or the whichever BBB, uh, but we'll get to the same place together. Amen. We have the same Holy Spirit serve the same God. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, and that's all I want to read from Genesis. Then God said. John chapter 1 verse 1 says, in the beginning was the word. Come on somebody. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Now raise your hand if you were here in the beginning. If anybody was here in the beginning. Nope. You don't. Anybody remember the beginning? No? Okay, of course not. God was here in the beginning. He started everything off. So before we talk about uh, overcoming, before we talk about prosperity, before we talk about divine healing, before we talk about a great move of the Holy Spirit and revival, before we talk about grace and forgiveness, before we talk about any of those wonderful blessings that God has for us, before we talk about being the head and not the tail, being above and never again beneath, before we talk about being blessed in the field, blessed in the city, blessed when you come, blessed when you go, before we talk about all of those things, we must go back to the beginning. And we must understand that in our life, you can speak the name of Jesus, which I, we're going to talk about that this year, speaking the name of Jesus. There's a lot of things we pray about, folks, that we really should be speaking to. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that. But before we even do that, you can speak all you want to speak. You can speak in tongues or whatever it is that we do that's spiritual. We can do all of those things. But if God is not first in our life, none of it is going to work. In our heart, I'm not talking about even what comes out of your mouth, if he's not first in our heart, okay? And so when you talk about that, we must understand that God is first, God is a giver, God, for God so loved the world that he gave, he gave, God is the number one giver. He's the number one giver, and we have to understand that. So to illustrate that, go over to Exodus chapter 13 real quick, and... Um, as we go there, let me just give you, you know, a person who just loves points. So let me give you four pre-points real quick. I don't have them up on the screen or anything. I'm just going to throw these at you while you're turning, uh, turning over to Exodus chapter 13. Um, 
First of all, we must understand that it's God's will for our lives to be givers, right? Not only to be givers, but to be an offering ourselves, right? God wants our lives to be, anytime you hear offering, I know you, you think about money. That's what I do. I think about, oh boy, he's talking about tithing or giving or sowing a seed or whatever it is they talk about. But you know, really God wants our life to be an offering, which includes our money. But it also includes our forgiveness, our compassion, our understanding. It, com it includes all of those things. He wants our life to be an offering. Many Christians shy away from uh, the message of giving because, it, you know, there's such an emphasis on finances. And I would even say this, as there should be. God, there's a reason that that kind of rubs us the wrong way, right? Because money seems to be closer to our heart than many other things for whatever reason, all right? But we have to understand that giving is just as much of the message of the gospel of the kingdom as grace, as the doctrine of sin, as the Holy Spirit. God is a giver. He gave. He gave. And so I, I'm not going to apologize for preaching on giving. And then also, secondly, uh, becoming a giver would not only help others, but it helps you to give of your time, to give of your life, to give of your knowledge. It helps you. Jesus was very clear on not only giving, but giving as it relates to every area of your life. And then thirdly, we must understand that God doesn't need your money. He doesn't need your time. He doesn't need those things. See, we, what we have to understand is we think we're doing God a favor. When, when you give an offering at, at church or when you help someone out, I, I really help them out. And uh, they, they're, they're so thankful because I, I helped them. We feel like, oh, we, I, you know, I did God a favor. You know, God can do any of those things without us. But it's for us that God includes us in his purpose. That's what we should be thankful for. Thank you, Lord, that you include me in your purpose, in your will, in your will. You know, I, I've used this illustration before, but it, uh, it, it really brings the point home to me. And I, I think about something I've never done and will probably never ever do is uh, surfing. And I think about how, you know, you watch those guys and girls surf and the waves come. The waves are going to come either way. You, the surfers can be out there or there can be nobody out there. The waves are going to come. It's just up to us. Are you going to get on your surfboard and ride the wave? And that's the way the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is going to move, folks. So it's up to us. Are we going to be on our surfboard and move with the Holy Spirit? Or are we just going to watch him go by? See, that's the question that we have to ask. And then uh, here's number four before we even get to, uh, you know, the, the real points. These are the pre-points. Number four is our best is our first. Don't forget that. God, he, it's just not, I want your first. I want the uh, first fruits. I want the, it's our best. It's our best that we give to God. That's what we have to get in our mind, no matter where we are. You see, in, in Genesis chapter 22, you remember Abraham, what did God ask of Abraham when he, he told him to go out to the mountain, go to a place where I will show you, and uh, I'm going to have you give an offering. What did he have him give? He, he was asking him to give his best, your first son, your first and only son, your best. God wants the best from us. He wants the best from us. So, 1 Corinthians 10 tells us that uh, everything in the Old Testament is an example for us, or, or an ensample, uh, the King James says, uh, an example to us, what we should follow. So here in Exodus 13, verses 1 and 2, it says this. It says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Consecrate to me all the firstborn. Whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, 
both of man and of beast. Watch this now. It is mine. Whatever comes out first, it is mine. You know, people preach on the doctrine of, of the tithe, and uh, there's a lot of fussing about the tithe. You know, should we tithe? Should we not tithe? Uh, 10%, it's Old Testament. It's not found in the New Testament, even though Hebrews says that, you know, we give a tithe and Jesus receives it. Uh, man receives it here, Jesus receives it there. Uh, but it's, that's really not New Testament. It's just an example of an Old Testament. What it, and people go back and forth about the tithe and the 10%. And really, I think we miss the point uh, with that and with so many things in our lives when you talk about that. The tithe, it, the tithe does mean tenth. Tithe is the word tenth. Uh, we know that. But really the concept is the first. It's the first. It's right here. He says, consecrate to me all the firstborn. I want the first. If you give me the first, all the rest will be blessed. Give me the first. Give me the first of your time. Give me the first of your creativity, right? There's so many people, uh, you know, I talk to, to my, my son, my children, and, and young people sometimes as I, as I teach and substitute teach, and they want to do all kinds of things. And, uh, you know, there's uh, traditional church people would say, you know, you just need to be living for God. Whatever you do, if you paint, you need to paint for God. And if you do this, you need to do this for God. And I agree with all of that, but everything's not going to be in the church. Everything's not going to be in the church. And, and, you know, one of the things that I encourage young people is, listen, whatever purpose you have, God put that purpose in your heart. Just give him the first. See, if you give him the first, all the rest will be blessed. Well, I just don't know. You know, I'm into music, but <clears throat> I just don't sing uh, CCM or gospel music. I, you know, God uh, gave me love songs. And I know a lot of you are going to have a problem with this. Uh, but you know what? Listen, who am I to say? Here's what I would say. Give him the first. Go to God first and he'll direct your path. Okay, do we believe that scripture in Proverbs or not? I mean, <clears throat> don't discourage. If someone wants to sing and they're not singing in church, I, I would say the way you get them is don't discourage them not to sing. Just say, go to God first. And if you go to God first, all the rest will be blessed. You don't know what God's going to do with that person. You know, there are many people who preach and are not preachers in a pulpit. They, they speak to uh, colleges and universities. They, they, and, they, and they, you know, John Maxwell for a long time, he's back uh, preaching at church now, but for a long time, he only spoke on leadership. But I never questioned that he was a Christian, but he never went into corporations and pounded the name of Jesus. But the name of Jesus was in him. So what it came in, it came out of what he was saying without him having to pound it in them. You understand what I'm saying? And so my point is, whatever you want to do, just go to God first. Give him the first of everything. Give him the first of your money. Give him the first of your time. Give him the first of your thoughts. And then you won't have to worry about, well, I don't know. Is this godly or is it not? Am I in God's will? Am I not in God's will? You know, what's going to happen? You won't have to worry about that if you go to him first. God must be first. He must be first. Jump down to verse 12. Verse 12 of chapter 13 says this. It says that you shall set apart to the Lord all, all, there's our word, all that open the womb. All that open the womb. That is every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have. Now watch this part of it. The male shall be the Lord's. 
But every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem. The King James doesn't say donkey, but we're going to stick with the new King James. Every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, you shall break its neck. And all the firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. You shall redeem. Now, there's just three things I want to point out about God being first. God being first. I want you to see if you catch this concept. First of all, the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. It must be. What do I mean by that? What's he talking about? Well, remember I said Corinthians 10 talks about how the Old Testament in a lot of ways is, is an example. There's a lot of examples, physical examples of spiritual truths that we walk out in the New Testament. And I believe that this is also one of them, even though they did this physically. See, God is saying the firstborn belongs to me, just like with your money and with your time. The first, the first belongs to me. So he's saying if you have an animal, a clean animal, the firstborn must be sacrificed. If it's an unclean animal, you have to sacrifice a clean animal to redeem that unclean animal. Follow me? Now, an animal that was unclean had to, had to, rede had to be redeemed by the sacrifice of the clean animal. Now, I want you to think about this. It's like, well, what is he talking about? He's taking us back. Think about this. Every one of us was born unclean. Every one of us. We were all born sinners. But Jesus was born clean. The firstborn spotless lamb of God. And the clean had to be sacrificed for the unclean. The way that we are redeemed is the firstborn spotless lamb was sacrificed for us. We see that in Colossians 1.15 and uh, 18, verse 18. He is the firstborn, the Bible says there, among all creation. Firstborn among many brethren. Okay, He's the firstborn. So we're unclean. Jesus is clean. He was sacrificed for us. Now, this can relate to every area in, in our lives, our time, our children, our money, and uh, especially, I, I'll say it again. Again, I'm not, I'm not going to shy away from talking about money even. So many people talk about the percentage, but it's, it's the first. Jesus was the firstborn. He was clean. He was sacrificed for the unclean. While we were yet sinners, Romans says, while we were sinners, he was sacrificed for us. Come on. In other words, while we were mocking him, while we didn't believe him, before we knew that we needed to be saved, Jesus was sacrificed for us. Only those that were in Jerusalem and, and, and around uh, Jesus, in, in, in proximity of Jesus, really knew. I mean, there were other people. Think about, it was China around where there were people in Rome that hadn't heard about this movement. They didn't even know that they needed a Savior. And Jesus was on the cross dying for them. That's what that scripture means, while you were yet sinners. Doesn't just mean while you were yet sinners and you knew about Jesus. While you were yet sinners and you knew nothing about him, he was dying for you. He didn't wait for you to change. Now, now we're relating this to ourselves. I'm bringing this back around. He didn't wait for you to change before he died on the cross. He didn't go to the Father and say, let's look in the future, as Brother Kevin was saying. Let's look in the future and let's see who's going to give their life to me and, and who won't. And if there's enough, if there's at least 65% of the people, then uh, I'll die on the cross. He didn't, he didn't do any of that. 
He didn't wait. He didn't, before the result, he gave his life. You could say that God gave him in faith, believing that people would believe on his son. He gave him in faith. Come on, how does that affect you? In the same way, we need to give our time, our relationships. You know what? I, I've been dealing with this person, and uh, they just don't seem to be coming around. I'm wasting my time, and I have no faith that they're going to change at all. So I, I, you know, I'm not giving my time. I look back at what they've done before. I look at their past. They they were on drugs. They were on out. They were they were doing alcohol. They were you know doing this. They were whatever it was that they were doing. Uh, I, I have no. They need to show me something first. They need to show me that they're going to change first. Then I'll spend some time. God didn't do that. He didn't do it with you. He didn't do it with you. He gave his life before you said, okay, God, I'll change. I'll change. Remember in Egypt, the whole nation of Israel was redeemed with the, when the angel of death came over as they sacrificed the firstborn lamb. God has a right to take the firstborn. But you don't know how many bills I have. You don't know how, much, uh, how, how many things I have to do and how this takes away from my time. You don't know all of that. God has a right to take the firstborn because it belongs to him. It belongs to him. And if something belongs to someone else and you keep it, I believe in the natural world we call that stealing. That's what I believe. I'm not going to put that. I'm just saying. Now imagine if you lived in those times and you had a sheep. One of your sheep had a lamb, and which was the firstborn, and you had to give that to God. You don't know if that sheep is going to have any more. You don't know for sure. Wait, let me see. Let me wait and, and let this, this, this sheep have 10 lambs, and then I'll give you, I'll still give you the first one. No, 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 no. No. Give it to him first. Give it to him first. And so the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. The second thing is the firstborn must be offered. Now I'm emphasizing this word offered. The firstborn must be offered. Over in, in, in chapter 23 verse 19 uh, it says the first of the first fruits. <laughs> it's interesting that God put it that way. The first of the first fruits. Give me your first fruits but give me the first of your first fruits. Get, bring that of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord. One version the NIV says the best of the first fruits. The best of what you have, it belongs to God. Many of you know Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, honor the Lord with your possessions, you know this one, and the first fruits of all of your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats overflow with new wine. This is the principle of giving the first to God. This isn't in the law, by the way. This is in Proverbs, and God says, honor the Lord with your possessions of, your, of the first fruits of the first fruits. Think about that. Now think about the Israelites when they crossed the Jordan to enter the promised land. Remember reading about that or hearing about it in Sunday school? Uh, what was the first city they took? Remember this? It was Jericho. Thank you. One person went to Bible school, Sunday school. It was Jericho when they crossed into the promised land. I know it's still early in the morning. It's the first Sunday. I'm tired too. I stayed up and watched. Hey, listen, my Buckeyes won the other day and, and IU. I wanted IU to come through, but they were close. They were close, guys. We were very close. But it, Jericho was the first city that they took, right? Amen. Now, follow this. Follow this. Remember what God said about Jericho? He said, bring to me all, 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 all of the silver and gold from Jericho. All of it. 
All of it goes into the temple. Now, wait a minute. I thought the tithe meant a tenth. How can he get it all when the principle is 10%? I don't understand that. I don't understand it, Lord. Now, see, this is where, this is where we have some contradictions in the Bible. Well, the point is not the 10%. It's the first. He wanted all of Jericho because Jericho was the first city. They would take many cities, but Jericho was the first city. And he said, if you give me the first, I'll bless the rest. And one guy didn't have faith, you remember? He thought, well, it might be the only city that we conquer, so I'd better keep a little. And over in Judges 6, God calls it consecrated. I'll keep what God consecrated. And after Achan takes it in Judges 7, he calls it cursed. That's Bible, not me. God calls it cursed. It's consecrated to the temple before you touch it. If you touch it, it's cursed. It belongs to God. It's kind of driving it home a little bit more now, isn't it? You don't want something cursed. You don't want your time to be cursed. You don't want your bank account to be cursed. You don't want something you stole with you. <laughs> I don't know about you, but if somebody stole something and ran into my house, I'd say, you got to go and the thing you took, take it with you. You know, I want to be guilty by association. And so think about that with your time. I mean, listen, as I always say, Brother James, I'm looking in a mirror. I know I'm looking in a mirror real hard right now. But think about it with your time. You know, I got, I have so many things to do. You know, I'm writing a book. I got to go to work. I got the kids we're trying to do. We're trying to move. We got this thing and all these things going on. And God says, listen, you're, there's no way you're going to accomplish all of those things. No way. But guess what? Give me the first and all the rest of it will be blessed. Somehow, some way, it's all going to work out if you give me the first. Give me the first. Have you ever gone back and read in Genesis and thought about why God accepted Abel's offering and not Cain? I heard somebody talking about this on a TV show. They didn't know what they was talking about, but uh, on a, Abel and Cain. You remember this. I talked about this before, too. And for a long time, it was a mystery to me. I, I didn't understand that why Cain and Abel both went to him with an offering, but he accepted Abel's and he didn't accept Cain's. And if you look at back at Genesis, you know, in fact, we're in Genesis. Well, we're in Exodus. Let's flip back to Genesis chapter four one more time. I know you've heard this before. Genesis chapter four, just right there at verse one. Uh, actually, this is where I am. I started doing the read the Bible in a year. So I just I just went through Genesis chapter four, Genesis chapter four, verse one. Now, Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. And she bore again this time his brother Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Verse three. And in the process of time, there are the words right there. And in the process of time. In the process of time, unbelievable, Cain brought his, an offering to the Lord. In the process of time. Think about that. So what, what, is that, what does that mean? What does that mean in the process of time? You know, I take it as, he, he, you know, he's, he didn't come right away. <laughs> he didn't come right away. He just brought an offering of the fruit of the ground. An offering of the fruit. In the process of time, when I get ready, I'll bring you what I want to give you. Basically, that's what that's saying. Verse 4 says, Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. 
And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain. One of them raises livestock. The other one tills the ground. The one that raises livestock gave his firstborn. The one that tills the ground gives an offering in the process of time. And God said, I'm not accepting it. I'm not accepting your offering that you bring me in the process of time of the third and fourth part of whatever you have. I deserve the first, number one, because it belongs to me. And do you understand that God can't accept second? He can't accept second. We talked about this before, too. Whatever God did, uh, whatever God does, he'd be first. He'd be first in whatever he cannot accept second. I want us to understand that. He can't accept it. So he needs the first of whatever we have. If we wonder why we're not blessed, give God the first. And then lastly, lastly, yes, I'm going to talk about this uh, just to remind you. When we talk about the tithe, when we talk about money, listen, uh, tithe means 10%, but understand that it's first. It's the first. And I know that's a hard concept because we have mortgages and we have rent payments and we have car payments and we have student loan debt and we have all kinds of things that we need to pay. We have all kinds of things that, listen, if we don't pay, Uh, somebody's going to be calling. And if we don't pay after a while, somebody's coming to get some stuff. I understand that. But I'm talking about the almighty God, the ruler of the universe, the one who breathed and stars came out of his mouth, the one who said, and God said, and God said, the one who spoke and everything happened. I would think if we, if he was here in the beginning, now I, earlier I asked who was here in the beginning. None of us were. God was here. He established it all. He, he, God was established before the IRS, before our constitution, before our economy, before anything else was established, God was established. And I would think if anyone would know how the universe works, it would be God. And so when you're, when you don't give the first to God, when you're a non-tither, when you're a person who doesn't give your time, uh, you know, you give the second, you're like a cane, uh, you don't give your best to God. What you're saying is, I'm not grateful. Uh, you're saying, I don't fear you. I don't reverence you. And I'm not grateful. I got this. I work for this. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it by myself. That's what you're saying when you don't give the first to God. That's what you're saying. God is saying to us today, 2021 is starting out. I understand what you went through in 2020. I saw it coming. That's what God is saying. I knew it was coming. In fact, from the foundation of the earth, I knew what was coming. Just because it surprised you doesn't mean it surprised me. God knew. But he's saying, guess what? You got to reboot. You got to reset with a new year, new seasons, new times. And this year, will you put me first? Will you put me first? This is the question that is posed to us as we kick off this year. Will we put God first in everything that we do? Before we start talking about a culture of expectation, before we start talking about speak those things to be not as though they were, before we start talking about forgiveness, before we talk about anything, we have to make a decision to put God first in our lives. He has the whole world in his hands. Children's song that rings true today.